How's everyone doing today? Sorry to my parents, they did not know that was happening. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I did slightly warn my other, the rest of my family. But <laughs> So kids, you're in here today. I can't see that many of you. Give me a wave if you're in here today. So uh, just let you know, this is your last week. Next week is a back-to-school party where there are no adults, you cannot come. But there will be food, there will be fun, there will be games, there will even be a back-to-school present for you all. If you are year six and now moving up to Seekers, I do not need that much volume probably. Uh, if you're year six and moving up to Seekers, you can still come to our back-to-school party before we send you off to Seekers when they start on the 10th of February, is that correct? After, the week after Waitangi. Yeah, whatever week that is. It's a Sunday, come to church. Um, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I love coming to church. You know, I may, I may work for the church, but I also love coming to church. Coming to church and being in worship, it's kind of like, um, it's almost like a breath of fresh air into every fibre of your being, you know, like where you come and you uh, corporately worship, where uh, God is just so uh, evidently present in this place and uh, for us and loving on us as we lift his name. It's just, church is amazing. I think church is amazing. <laughs> there are many religions in the world, many people that come to the likes of churches, temples, mosques, whatever, uh, whatever you have to, um, to worship. But Christianity is the only religion in the world that starts with relationship. It starts with relationship over a list of rules. God breathed life into Adam and he walked and talked with them. He, 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 he started with relationship. And uh, there's always been a favourite quote of mine uh, that I've always spoken into from a point of view of parenting, uh, but it works, uh, it works with Christianity as well. It's, it, the quote is, rules without relationship lead to rebellion. If as a parent we enlist a whole lot of rules without a whole lot of reasons, without a whole lot of relationship, then they're going to rebel against those rules. Equally, if you try and live like a good Christian, if you try and live and tick all the good Christian boxes like good Christian people do, whatever those things are, uh, we will fail without relationship with God. God, I don't believe, wants us to follow a checklist of rules. God didn't say, checklist this off and you will enter heaven. Uh, God is all about relationship. He wants us to have relationship. And when God walked and talked with Adam and Eve in the garden, uh, we were, they were created in God's image. Yeah. We were created in his God, God's image for relationship. We were made for relationship. Now, I can't speak into, you know, the whole deal that went down with Adam and Eve. I mean, literally, they're walking and talking with God. There is one rule, and you know what happened, what happened, happened. But I will say that the enemy wants to attack relationship. The enemy wants to kill relationship. The enemy is invested in breaking relationships. Our relationship with God, our relationship with one another, our relationship with our family, our relationship, our marriage relationship. Uh, the enemy doesn't want us to have that. God is invested in relationship. Genesis 2 verse 18 says, The Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. I'll make a help for him. We were made for relationship, not just marriage relationship. We were made to know and to be known. Yeah. Yeah. We were made to know one another and to be known. We were made to know God firstly and to be known by God. And then we were made to know others and be known by them. So 
He wants us to be known. We're made in his likeness. From a young age, children yearn to be known. That's, I think it's part of the reason we're like, look at this. I can do this. I can be this. I can, you, know, you know what children are like. They want to tell you every single thing that's ever happened in their life. They want to be known. From a very young age, we yearn to be known. And as we grow up, we realize that maybe every person we meet doesn't want to know what we had for dinner last night. But we still yearn to be known. Even the most introverted among you, I know that relationship and people stuff looks a little bit different for you. I probably don't need to declare to everybody that I am not an introvert. Uh, But regardless, we all yearn to be known. I mean, let's be honest, that's where gangs come into their own, isn't it? You know, people people that join gangs, people that are in any sort of club kind of thing like that, Uh, A lot of people are not feeling connected anywhere else. They don't feel like they've got family. They don't feel like they've got home. And so they find it. So today, our message is entitled, (coughs) We're All in This Together. I didn't need to say that, did I? Because it's like literally out there. We're all in this together. Ephesians 1, verse 3 to 6 says, All praise to God, the Father of the Lord the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and shows us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. We So we praise God for the glorious grace he's poured out to us on us who belong to his dear son. We were adopted as his children. It was not enough, like many other religions, it was not enough for God just to be our Lord. He wanted the intimacy of being our father. He doesn't just want to be the Lord. He is the Lord. He doesn't just want to be the Lord of your life, but he wants the intimacy of a father. Now, I know that that not necessarily not, might not be a stellar thing for you, but in God's perfect order, the intimacy of a father is close. The intimacy of a father is protective. The intimacy of a father knows you. The church is not like a family. God never intended it to be a metaphor that is a family. God is literally our father, therefore We are family. You may not like every member of your family, (laughs) biological or church. (laughs) But we are family. God is our father. We are brothers and sisters. We are a family. Churches talk about being a family, but it's not a metaphor. It's actually how God intended it to be, that we would be a family, that we would be adopted. We would be a family. Family is how, the primary way the early church defined itself. Now, if you're new to church or don't know much about church, I'm about to use some terminology that sounds really weird, but I promise I'm going to explain it hopefully very well. The Bible talks about the church, meaning the people in the church. The church is not a building. The church is the people. The people in the church, uh, the Bible talks about them being the body of Christ. Let me read this scripture and I'll explain it to you. Here is the time where I thought, wish that I had, you know, like an NCA, you can have a reader. That's what I'd like now because I've got to read a bit and it's not my favourite thing to do. Talking, yes. Reading, no. (laughs) 
Well, I should get one of my children. They're far better readers than me. <laughs> Maybe I could employ them as a reader. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 12, <clears throat> verse 12 to 27. The human body is many parts, but many parts make up the whole body. So it is a body, the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves, some of us are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit. We all share the same spirit. Yes, the body is made of different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, it does not make it less of a part of the body. And if an ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would it hear? If the whole body were an ear, how would it smell? But our bodies have many parts, and God put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can never say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and the least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as least honourable are the are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we are careful to protect the parts that should not be seen. While the more honourable parts do not require special care, so God put the body together such, to, such that extra honour and care be given to the parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all members care for each other. If one, suffers, if one part suffers, then all the parts suffer. And if one part is honoured, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you has a part, each of you is a part of this. So what that basically means when it all comes down is that as Christians, we're part of one team, and we work together like one body works together. My hand does not go over here, well it does, but, uh, but my other hand can't go all the way over here, right? Sorry, I just, look, I just moved and then moving the camera. <laughs> My body can't go in two different directions. My mind can't go in two different directions. My feet can't go in two different directions. We're, being a Christian means we're part of one team and we're supposed to, we're supposed to work together like one body. Where no part is more important than the other. And that's what it means to be the body of Christ. Just as one person is not more important, Ephesians 1 says Jesus is the head. Now, kids, do you remember when we learned? Is there any kids out there? Can I... Can, View. Remember when, a few, I think it was last year, we, oh, here's some kids. Last year we learnt um, about this. We learnt about the body of Christ and we did this picture. Just going to come up, hopefully, this picture. Which, you, if, if you look at closely, it's a, you know, it's a person that I didn't draw. A lovely child drew it for me. I think it was you, Sienna, wasn't it? Was it you? I can't remember. Anyway, that's okay. Sorry if it wasn't. I can't remember. It was a while ago. And what we did is we wrote all our names around it to relearn it. And then we, when we ran out of names that were in the room, we added a lot of parents' names. So there'll be a lot of parents' names up there, probably Tom and Sue's and all that. We did that. And, I mean, <clears throat> that's obviously not exactly what it looks like. But that is the concept. The concept is that we all, all of you, make up the body of Christ. And do you know what? <clears throat> Faith is the only requirement to be part of the body of Christ. John 3, verse 16 which many of you will know, but if you don't, for, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Faith is the only requirement to be part. You know, you, you know, gangs have initiation. There is no initiation to be part of the body of Christ. Simply faith. 
Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Confess with your mouth that he's Lord and you will be saved. Nowhere in the Bible does the church mean a building. You know, we say we're going to go down to the church, but really we're going to go down to the building that houses the people who are the church. We don't go to church. We are the church. You are the church. Children, you are the church. Youth, you're the church. Parents, you're the church. Young adults, you're the church. Gold card owners. Uh, You're the church. Online, you're the church. Who has ever, ever had the urge to just shout in church? You know, just like, it's really quiet, and I think, if I just shouted, it could be fun, right? Apparently, they're called intrusive thoughts, which you shouldn't generally listen to. But uh, I thought that we might. I thought that we might all shout. (laughs) Because, you know, why not? What we're going to do is we're all going to shout, I am the church, all right? When I count down, okay? So we're all going to shout. And and, uh, if you know anything about me, if you don't do it loud enough, I'm going to make you do it again, okay? So you're going to say, I am the church. You ready? One, two, three. Okay, it was quite loud. I'm quite impressed, but I'm still going to make you do it again because I still think we can go louder because, you know, louder is always better, right? (laughs) My husband and my father would strongly disagree with that, but anyway. (laughs) Watch the amplifier. Yeah, I like to blow speakers. All right, ready? One, two, three. Thank you. There you go, kids. You got to shout in church today. You can go and tell everybody I got to shout in church today and parents, whoever wants to tell anybody you shout in church today. I've lost my... I don't even know where I'm up to now. Shouting. Shouting. Yep, here we go. We are the church. The church is made of people. It's not the building. It's not the pews. It's not the roof. It's not anything else. It is the people. The people are the church. We are the church. And we're all in this together. We are the body of Christ. And we need each other to work. We need each and every one of you in this place to work how we're supposed to work. So uh, two of my daughters have started going to the gym. I'm not going to tell you whose story this is, but two of my daughters have started going to the gym, and clearly they take after me a lot. Um, They, uh, and anyway, one of them came home amused that, you know, I'm doing this leg press thing. I don't know what it's, leg, you know, both your legs together. Leg press. And, you know, when I do two legs, I can do like... 55 kgs, you know? She's like, so after I did the 55 kgs, so admittedly she might be able to do more with one leg if she hadn't just done the 55 with two, right? But after I did the 55 kgs, I thought I might try one leg. I could only do five kilos with the one leg. <laughs> but admittedly it goes up, apparently the next lot is 15, so there was also amusing that maybe she could do 10. But that is the very essence of what it is to be the body of Christ, isn't it? If we try and stand on one leg, we can't stand for very long. If we try and use weight with both legs, we can push more. If we are using the whole body, which means every person, then we can do more. John 13, verse 35 to 34. Now, So now I am giving you this new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. We know that the enemy wants to steal, to kill and destroy. It says it in the Bible in John 10. 10. If the enemy can get us too busy to love one another, 
too busy to connect with other people, too busy to come to church, too busy to play our part in the body, he wins. He wants to steal, he wants to kill, he wants to destroy, and he wants, if he can start with your relationship with other people in the church, if he can start with your relationship with the family of God, the body of Christ, then he wins. And we don't want him to win. John 15 verse 17, this is my commandment to love each other. John 17, verse 20 to 25, my prayer is not for them alone, I pray also for those who believe in me, that through their message, message and all, through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you, just as you are in you are in me and I am in you. May they also be with us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, and I in them as you are in me. So they may be brought to complete unity, that the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you love me. You Google about loving other people in the Bible and it's everywhere which means it's important to God. It means it's important to God. It's important to God that we love each other. I mean, when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment, what did he say? Anyone want to tell me? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your... And the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. He knew, you know, the second greatest commandment wasn't go to church every week necessarily. It wasn't um, evangelize to everybody you knew because God knew that if we could love each other, the world would see him. God knew if we could care for one another, the world would see him in us. Not because, you know, the other day I was in town with, with one of two, some of my kids, I don't know who they were. <laughs> There's a lot of them, you saw that. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I mean, God bless you if you've ever done this, but there was two people standing on their side of the crossing and they were holding signs with Bible verses on them. And uh, one of them was a teenage girl and she literally was just holding a sign like this so the road could see it. And she was on her phone. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know. Is anyone going to get saved by reading that? I I just don't know. I think that the Bible clearly says that they will know that we love, that they will know he's real by our love for one another. I want to put this out early in this message. It's not very easy. It's not very easy to love other people, is it? Uh, it's not very easy to um, regard others more highly than ourselves. It's not very easy to get along with some people. Oh, silence. I feel like there should have been resounding agreement. <laughs> I guess it's good. Maybe you don't overly dislike anyone in the room. That's great. That's wonderful. It's a good start. But I want to put it out there. I can almost hear people's thoughts because the body of Christ is not perfect. Do you know why it's not perfect? Because it's made of people. It's made of people. And this is definitely not a biblical statement I'm about to say, but it's made of people. And do you know what? Sometimes people suck. (laughs) I mean, 
I feel like the Bible kind of does say that, but just in other words. But um, we're flawed. We're imperfect. We can suck. Maybe we should all say that. <laughs> Let's not. We get hurt by people that say that they are Christians. We get hurt by people that are in the room with us. We get hurt because people are imperfect, but God is not. And it is not God's will for you to be hurt anywhere, but especially not in the body of Christ. But we are imperfect, but he still said, love each other. He still said to love one another. There are many times that we annoy each other, but we still need each other. Just like your biological family, let's be honest. I love my family. I annoy them as much as they annoy me, maybe even more actually, let's be honest. So I hope you can see that I'm attempting to take you on a little bit of a journey. The journey is that <clears throat> we started that God made us for a relationship. We started that anyone can be in relationship with God, that we are the body of Christ, that we're supposed to love one another. Romans 12, verse 4 to 18, just as our bodies are made of many parts, each part has a special function, so in the so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. We belong together. In his grace, God has given us different gifts of doing certain things well. So, that, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy or speak out as much faith as God has given you, if you speak out with as much faith as God has given you, if your gift is serving, then serve well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encouragement, then be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you a leadership ability, take responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness, do it. Do it gladly. Kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tight to what is good, love each other with genuine affection, take delight in honouring each other, never be lazy, but work hard to serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them always. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never repay evil with evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honourable. Do all you can to live in peace with everyone. Right now, we're probably one of the most independent generations. We don't even need um, a person to check out our groceries. We don't need a person to do so many things now. We're probably a very independent generation, but we're probably the most loneliest too. God created us to be interdependent, not independent. To be interdependent. So we need everybody. We need one another. God never said you're meant to be alone. He said we're meant to come together. And that is where the church, us, you, that's where we really come alive when we work together. I'm really excited to let you know that we've got this new, um, uh, I'm just going to briefly tell you, this new connect group plan. It's probably mostly uh, really comes into its own with families. We haven't exactly decided 
we haven't decided a lot of the details, but I want to say that monthly we're going to meet and we're all going to come together. We're going to bring uh, probably a picnic dinner for your own family where we're going to eat together. Uh, someone's going to share like a short message and then we're going to break off into what was deemed to be little connect groups. They're going to have facilitators. So if you want to be one of those, let me know. Uh, maybe in age groups, you know, maybe there'll be a, you know, a preschoolers group. You know, we're going to have a kids program running at the same time so the kids can be looked after. Parents can be in fellowship. The facilitators will have just maybe like a guideline of questions. You talk about whatever you want and we connect and we be family and we live together and we have relationship. And I'm really excited about it. More details will come out when we actually work them out. <laughs> but um, it is on the calendar, which is really exciting. It's the last Sunday of every month starting in February, I think. Details will come. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another. We need each other. We need each other corporately as a whole, but we also need good friends, friends that sh sharpen one another. If you're in a position where you go, actually, I don't, I don't have good Christian friends that can pray for me, that I can talk to about things that can lift me up, I want to encourage you to pray for them. I've had many friends over my life that sounds like, if, if, if I said this perhaps to someone who didn't understand God, it might make me sound like a little bit lame, but I've prayed many friends into my life. When I felt like I've needed someone, I've prayed friends into my life, and God has always provided the right person for the right season. One of those people I prayed into my life when I was just 18, and you know what? She's still my best friend. She's my kid's auntie, not by blood. You know, God provides what he knows that we need. You just need to ask him for it. I saw this Craig Rochelle quote this week. It said, we may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valleys. We may enjoy God when things are going well, but where intimacy is created is when we're struggling, when things are hard and in the valleys. And you know what? I think that's the same with people. I don't believe God intended us to have a million surface level relationships. God intended us to be family. He intended us to have intimacy, to have closeness, to when it comes to sharing the valleys and intimacy with both him and with others. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 to 12, two people are better than one for they can help each other succeed. If one falls, they can help their, they can reach out and help, but, the other, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying together can keep each other warm. How will you be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back up and conquer. Three is even better, for the triple-braided cord is not easily broken. When we are truly together, functioning as a body of Christ, we help each other out when things are hard. We prevent each other from falling in an attack. When someone is in trouble, we support them. A well-functioning body of Christ, we compensate when someone else is weak. We compensate for our weaknesses equally. So I have, a number of years ago, I had a, a foot situation. I needed surgery on it, but I kind of procrastinated for a long time. I had small kids, and I thought, just thought, you know, it'll come right. And so I spent about six months walking on the side of my foot because it didn't hurt as much if I stood on, walked on the side of my foot and not my foot. Then I finally got the operation. I thought, oh, everything's sweet. I can walk back on my foot. Well, no, I couldn't because everything had compensated for it. All my, I don't know the technical words, but all my muscles. and my, like, I couldn't even 
You know how you can go on tippy toes on your toes, but I couldn't go on a tippy toe on that foot because my toe, big toe had gotten so weak because everything else had compensated for it and things had, muscles had shortened, I don't know the technical words, but, but your body compensates uh, when, when we're weak, the body of Christ compensates for you, but you know what? If we don't play our part in the body of Christ, yeah. it causes the whole body to have to compensate for your part. There's a reason support group works. You know, there's Weight Watchers and there's AA and there's, you know, Badminton Club and Swash Clubs and Rugby Clubs. There's a reason that clubs and support groups work because we're better together. We need people to work. That's how God created us to be God. As much as you might like your alone time, and you know, I never really did before I became a mother, but, you know, as a mother, love you, but I also love being alone. We need each other. This quote I found from Leonardo da Vinci, an arch consists of two weaknesses, which when leaning on one another become a strength. Here's a radical thought. You inviting someone to church after lunch is being the church. You reaching out to someone you know is having a hard week is being the family of God. You doing something for someone else is being the body of Christ. We, as the church staff, don't have to organise everything for you to be the body of Christ, for you to be the church, for you to be functioning, (laughs) for you to be functioning in all the gifts that you had. You might not have the gift of sing, I certainly do not. But you have the gift of bringing people together. So do that. Bring people together, invite people to your home, support someone. You know, the, it's the body of Christ when people go and watch, you know, uh, sports teams. You know, Sam, there's some photos of Sam watching some young guys last year. Sam was not the youth pastor last year, but he is, they are this year, these two. But last year, he ran a connect group. And you know what? He just went and watched them play basketball. And a parent sent me that photo and was like, wow. He's down there on the side of the court. You know, that... That is the body of Christ, but you don't need to be in paid employment at the church to be the body of Christ. You can be it. You can support one another. You can be friends. You can be the body of Christ. You are the church in every function that you do, even just inviting someone to lunch. Hebrews 10 verse 23 to 25 says, let's hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let's always think of the ways to motivate one another into acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now as the day of his return comes, is drawing near. I'm going to put it out there. Come to church. You know, like every week. That could be radical. Be family. Show up to family dinner. That's church. Don't be a no-show. Come to church. Let's be together. Sometimes it can be awkward, let's be honest. You go to a church and you stand in the foyer and you're like, I don't know who to talk to. I still do that. (laughs) Let's be honest. Even people that are good at talking can still be like that. But actually, let's just step out of our comfort zone and let's be family. Let's be church. Exactly how God intended us to be. We are stronger together. 
my sincere heart in this gig called life. It can be hard work. It can be joyful and it can be sad. It can be rewarding and exhausting. It can be unpredictable in good ways and bad. It can be overwhelming. It can be lonely. It can be fun and it can be boring. It can be amazing and mundane in the same day. It can be all the wonderful words you can possibly think of and it can be all the terrible words you can think of too. But no matter where you are in life right now, I know that we were made to, for relationship and we were, not made to meant, we were not meant to walk those things alone, the good and the bad. We aren't in the same storm. <clears throat> we aren't even really in the same boats. Everybody's boats are different. But we are in the same family and we can support each other. We are the church and we are all in this together. Let's find a way to live that out, that our kids would know that this is their family, that this is their church, that we are together, that this is the body of Christ. That we would know this is a place not to avoid when things are bad. Don't not come to church because you think you're going to lose it in crime worship. Come to church, lose it in crime worship, let someone pray for you. Come, on. come to church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all different. And we equally have fantastic parts to play in the body. I'm just going to ask you to consider something today. Can I just ask you all to close your eyes, to stand before God, and to consider what is God calling you to do today? Who is he calling you to reach out to love? How will you personally go from this place and be his church? What does God want you to do? You know, we are all different, so God is going to be saying something different to each and every one of you. But he's calling us all, everyone who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, everyone who has confessed with their mouth that he is Lord of their lives, he's calling us all to be his church, to be his body. How will we be his body, his church out in the world this week?